0: If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at TNTradio.live.
1: The Steve Malzberg Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, folks, welcome aboard. It is four minutes past the hour of 9 p.m. on Friday. Yay! Here on the East Coast of the United States. You know what day and time it is wherever you are partaking of the Steve Malzberg Show right here on tnt uh busy week comes to an end and uh, well not really not really i should watch what i say because tomorrow saturday here in the united states in south carolina we have the south carolina primary and it's a winner take all i do believe that winner will be donald trump in the republican presidential primary and mickey haley's going to get creamed at least that's the uh what the polls indicate Um, and you know, she's going to still stay in the race. She has indicated that and we'll see what happens. Um, we'll talk about it certainly on, on Monday. Also, uh, we're just going to be a little over a week away. We are now a little over a week away from super Tuesday, which is, you know, I, I mean, if she gets creamed again on every state and on super Tuesday, I just don't know how she stays in the race. I don't know how her current argument of, there's only been two two states that have weighed in. There's only been X amount of delegates. Well, that's going to go out the window um, after tomorrow, her own home state, and then after a week from Tuesday. So we'll, you know, we'll bring it all to you. We'll cover it certainly and uh, see how it progresses. Now, um, I told you a few days ago, about the uh, Fonnie Willis uh, uh, situation and uh, Nathan Wade, the uh, Fulton County prosecutor, and the the case against Donald Trump for election interference in Georgia, and the accusations, both of them testified. Uh, Fonnie Willis uh, and and um, uh, and uh, Nathan Wade, who are have been romantically involved. The key question is. When did that relationship start, and did Fonnie Willis benefit from it? Well, she claims and he claims the relationship started in 2021. Um, let's see. Had it, uh, actually, in, actually, in 2022. Okay. They testified to that under oath. Did she benefit financially? She said No. Whenever he paid for trips that they took, she would reimburse him in cash. No record of her withdrawing the cash because she said she kept cash at home. No record of him depositing the cash because he said he carried it around with him. So they had their bases covered. He was also asked that if phone records, if cell phone records showed that he spent a lot of time at her place before this relationship started, according to them, would that be factual? He said, no, the records would be wrong. Now, how could the records be wrong? Well, 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 well. Uh, Trump, uh, through his legal team, of course, um, today submitted a request to enter new evidence onto the record or into the record in this case based on Nathan Wade's cell phone records, which the filing claims show that Wade visited the home of Fulton County DA, F- Fannie Willis, approximately 35 times in 2001. Uh, but let me get that straight. During an 11-month period, yeah, in 2001, from January to November. January to November. He visited the home 35 times. Now, I mean, this is this is insane. Of course, uh, they say the relationship started in 2022. So, what was he doing visiting our home 35 times, or that proximity where her home was? That the, the records apparently, reportedly, show that he would get there late and stay late, leave early in the morning, like four in the morning at some sometimes. Uh, call her when he gets home. That kind of thing, which indicates to the average person, a relationship. Okay, thirty-five times. Um, now, now in jet, that was January through November 2021. Okay, also two thousand calls and twelve thousand texts. How do you combat that if you're Wade or Willis? What's the excuse? This is before he was hired. So, you know, I mean, what were they talking about? If all this is accurate, if all this is accurate. Now, the DA's office, funny, uh, Willis's office pushed back uh, and urged the judge not to admit the phone records or analysis into evidence claiming they were improperly introduced and simply do not prove anything relevant. Well, look, they both testified under oath last week that the relationship didn't begin until after Wade was officially hired in November of 2021. Okay, November of 2021. Okay, and the relationship started in 2022. These records are January to November Of 2021. So he wasn't hired, and they claim the relationship hadn't started until the following year. Yet, all these visits, all these calls, all these texts. Come on. Really? Now, if they lied under oath, not only should they both be kicked off the, the case, the Trump case in Georgia, which would probably dissolve it, at least postpone it a long time. But they should be disbarred if they did. If they if they committed perjury, they should be prosecuted, disbarred, and punished legally. Now, uh, people have said this tonight. You know, sometimes I watch Jesse Waters before I come on. I watch, but I watch, I watch CNN and Fox and MSNBC all day. Okay, and and I've heard people say this, but I brought this up in the past that uh, when it comes to a president and what a president could do and what a president can't do and lie about. And I've, I've harkened back to when Bill Clinton testified under oath before a federal grand jury during the Monica uh, uh, Lewinsky impeachment time time. Uh, that testimony was used in the in the uh, in the impeachment. He lied about. Sex. Did you have sexual relations with Monica Lewinsky? He said no. And then it came down to, well, it depends on what the meaning of the word is, is. But it's accepted that he lied under oath about sex. And the debate at the time, that's how old I am. I mean, I remember doing my shows. The debate at the time, when, when it was found that on video... Under oath to a federal grand jury as a sitting president, Bill Clinton lied about his relationship with Monica Lewinsky. And the argument from the left was, so what? Everybody lies about sex. Really? Under oath to a federal grand jury? What else can you lie to a federal grand jury about and have everyone say, oh, of course you're going to lie? I mean, what the hell is that? So uh, who wouldn't lie about sex? who didn't lie about sex, of course he's going to lie about sex. I mean, the defense lines were nuts, nuts. So here, maybe they'll bring this up again. Oh, they were only lying about sex to protect themselves. Well, this goes a little deeper. They were lying about sex in the context of when a relationship began to see if this was on the level and if they lied about when the relationship began. And don't forget, one of her former best friends, Former, because of the testimony she gave, the former best friend said in 2019 she saw them hugging and kissing. So it, it doesn't it doesn't smell too good for this pair. And it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens or what the judge decides because this stinks, stinks to high heaven these are the people who are going to prosecute Donald Trump? Really? <laughs> it doesn't end, does it? It just doesn't end. Okay. Lots to get to today. I hope we could get it all in. No guests. It's Friday. So, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're with me every week, you know that uh, we don't do guests on Friday. And um, so let me start with something I've been meaning to, to bring to you. There's a Senate race going on in California. Uh, Diane Feinstein, you know, left the seat and uh, now there's going to be an election to fill that, that vacancy, or Dianne Feinstein is leaving this, the seat. She didn't quit yet, I don't think. Um, so she's leaving, and then in November, there'll be a, a Senate election here. And one of the candidates is current California Congresswoman Barbara Lee, Democrat, of course. I don't know if you've heard this because we haven't discussed it here, but I want you to listen to her. She wants to raise the minimum wage in the state of California. Are you ready for what she wants to raise it to? Here is cut $1. Seventy.
2: Both of our Democratic opponents are calling for a minimum wage between 25, 20 and $25 an hour. You're calling for a $50 an hour federal minimum wage. That's seven times the current national minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. Can you explain how that would be economically sustainable for small businesses? You have 60 seconds. First, let me say, I um, owned and ran a small business for um, 11 years. I created hundreds of jobs. Benefits, retirement benefits, also health care benefits. I know what worker productivity means, and that means that you have to make sure that your employees are taken care of and have a living wage. In the Bay Area, uh, I believe it was the United Way, came out with a report that uh, very recently, $127,000 for a family of four is just barely enough to get by
1: first of all, so she wants the federal minimum wage, $50 an hour. Now she ran a small business and had hundreds of employees. Okay. I guess it's still considered a small business. Um, technically speaking, did she pay them? Did she pay them $50 an hour? Can any small business, I mean, this, you, (laughs) you own a bakery, and you have a, you know a handful of employees. You run a anything. McDonald's, Burger King. If you get a job there and work forty hours, you'll make a hundred and four thousand dollars a year for flipping burgers. Is this woman out of her mind? I'd love to know what she paid her workers. I'd love to know what she paid her workers. Because she ran a small business, she gave them benefits, she gave them this, because it's all based on productivity. And if you pay them more, better productivity. So what did she pay them? Nothing bound her to pay the minimum wage or anything less than $50. If she wanted to, not how long ago this was. I know when I started working on my 16th birthday at McDonald's, I think it was like two something an hour. (laughs) Not 25 times that. I mean, you've got to be. You've and, and again, she doesn't answer the question, which was also, which was how are, how are small businesses supposed to
2: survive?
1: Are you crazy? Uh, here's cut number um, one seventy one.
2: Another survey very recently: one hundred and four thousand for a family of one, barely enough to get by. Low income because of the affordability crisis, and so just do the math. Just do the math. Of course, we have national. Uh, Minimum wages that we need to raise to a living wage. You're talking about $20, $25? Fine. But I have got to be focused on what California needs and what the affordability factor is when we calculate this wage. Ms. Lee, thank you.
1: No no answer. First of all, I, I watched some of this debate. Man, they ring that bell. You're done. And I think the rebuttals are 30 seconds, and you don't have a chance to say anything. But nonetheless, she didn't answer how small businesses are supposed to survive it's common sense. It's just common sense. They will go out of business. You know how many businesses, if that ever happened, would disappear? You know how many people would lose jobs that they have now? Whether it's minimum wage they're making now or 25 bucks an hour or some or 30 bucks an hour or 20, jobs gone. I mean, are you kidding makes it's just this is i played this because it's the liberal insanity the liberal insanity okay um i've talked a lot about jill biden how i think she's a selfish witch and she's disgusting i can't stand to hear her speak it's like nails on a chalkboard um the way she insulted hispanics talking to 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 a couple of hispanic audiences comparing them to tacos Mispronouncing bodega, mispronouncing si se puede, just and with that that that, ugh, that that screech of hers, just disgusting. And I believe she's committing elder abuse by, you know, not forcing Joe to get the hell out of the race because she loves what she's doing. Now Kennedy recently kind of agreed with what I had to say, uh, at least in part uh, when she was interviewed from she's from Fox. And here's Douglas Brinkley. A man I used to interview quite often, years ago, and then he wrote a great book on Reagan. Then he turned into this Republican-hating, you know, look, TDS set in, okay? TDS set in, and I haven't talked to him in a long time. But Douglas Brinkley uh, was talking about Jill Biden. Here is cut 218.
2: Can't she think. is
3: the vital part. Dr. Jill Biden is it. You know, if you go back to 1952, Harry Truman could have run, and he didn't. Why? Well, the Korean War and, you know, other reasons. But, but Bess wanted to go back to independence. The, the You know, she he, he didn't like it in Washington. If he cut to 68, uh, Lyndon Johnson was quit in March of 68, and people say because of Walter Cronkite, no, the big thing was his health was bad. He had a bad heart. He was smoking, high blood pressure, tension, and Lady Bird Johnson didn't want to stay in it. He wanted, let's go back to Texas, and convinced Johnson to step down. So in the Truman, I'm giving you two, Truman could have stayed on, and Johnson, and they both said no. It's because their wives, their
1: spouse, said enough. And this wife, spouse. Um, can't get enough of the perks that go along with being First Lady. I think Kennedy described it that she played second fiddle to, she was in the White House eight years and played second fiddle to Michelle Obama, and now she's getting her just desserts at the expense of an old man who's in over his head and keeps embarrassing himself, and what's worse, is endangering this country by being the president of the united states but she couldn't give a damn about either of those here's cut 219 that's
3: not the case with joe biden she likes power she wants to stay she wants some sense of revenge she teaches in virginia community college this milieu around our building here this is is her home um, and the idea of relinquishing it all uh, after you've taken the slings and arrows of the last uh, years of attacks. And at the last minute, just when you get all the delegates, you're going to say, I'm going to open it up to a bunch of people. It's, it's very childish when you read those kind of reports. Yeah.
1: Well, we shall see. We shall see. But uh, it, 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 I think he's, he's uh, you know, backing up what I've been saying for a long, long time. And again, he's no, he's no conservative, but she's power hungry, and she's not going to give it up, not going to give it up. It's, it's a shame. It's, a, it's a, a real sin and a real shame, what she's doing to her husband for her own pleasure or whatever the hell it is. Okay, I, I'm, I'm going to play some uh, clips for you where it just seems like it's open season on Christians. It's open season on Catholics. It usually is. It, it has been at the FBI, of course, if you look at some of the memos that have been written and uh, some of the infiltration that we've heard about and testimony uh, at Catholic churches, et cetera, uh, who's considered dangerous in this country, Christian nationalists and all that stuff. Um, it just seems like it's open season. So let me go through some of these because it's kind of, it's kind of disturbing, to say the least. Um, here is um, Rob Reiner who most notably played uh, Meathead on All in the Family. You sure you remember him. Big, 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 fat, stinking liberal. Okay, and um, he's on MSNBC talking about a documentary that he produced called God and Country. And it's not flattering to, um, to uh, Christians. So here is cut number 203. A book was sent to me called The Power Worshippers by Catherine Stewart, and I said,
4: wow, this could be a real great documentary to show that there is a difference between uh, the, the the precepts of Christianity and Christian nationalism, which is a pure political movement. And so I I approached Dan, who I... Think is a great filmmaker and a great documentarian and asked if he would uh help me with this documentary and he's and luckily he said yes and we have to tell you very upfront that this does not bash christianity in any way it does the opposite we try to uh, uh laud christianity for what it has done and we have some of the most conservative the most devout christian leaders in the country talking about uh, uh, Christian nationalism not only is a danger to democracy, but a danger to Christianity
1: itself. Good man looking out for Christianity itself. Earlier in the uh, piece, he did uh, he did uh, provide a disclaimer where he said, you know, I'm Jewish, but (laughs) but I guess he considers himself an authority, although he did say he got experts, quote unquote. Um, to weigh in on on uh, Christian uh, nationalism and and how it's a threat to democracy and to Christianity itself itself. Okay, so that's that's one. CBS in Boston, WBZ, um, talking about the Catholic Church in this piece. Um, why membership they say is decreasing, especially in the city of Boston in the church and. Try to guess in advance of these eclipses what they attribute it to. And here is cut number 204.
5: The Cathedral of the Holy Cross is the largest Roman Catholic Church in Boston. It fits nearly 1500 people, but the pews are emptier than ever. The question is why and will people come back to church? <laughs> For centuries, Catholic churches have been the beating heart of Boston. Places to find quiet, to form community. No more.
6: I have distinct memories of, you know, being four or five years old, um, praying each night before going to bed. You know, what if my life was slightly different.
5: Madeline Marlett is a trans woman, homeschooled as a child with conservative Catholic curriculum.
6: To be LGBT meant you were ill or disordered. Welcome everyone.
5: Still, she remained devoted to the church, leading Catholic LGBT youth at Dignity Boston.
1: Folks, Dignity Boston, if only all Catholic churches were Dignity Boston related, the Catholic church would be overflowing because overwhelmingly, the Catholic church is losing membership in Boston because, what, they're not welcoming to trans people? Is that it? Who stops a trans person from coming into a church, a Catholic church in Boston? Who stops them? What is there, a guard at the door? What do you fill out a form? And if you say you're trans, they kick you out? Now, trans people, some, I don't like putting a heading on a group. They're not monolithic. Some trans people might feel uncomfortable because of church teachings and beliefs. That doesn't mean the church should change its teachings and beliefs. Because then it stops being that church. But th- really? That's given as the first reason why membership, according to them, is dwindling, is, is going down in Catholic churches in Boston? Because trans people don't come? Or have left? Give me a break. I mean, please, how dumb, how stupid, how ignorant do you think we are? Here's another bite from this report on WBZ 205.
5: It's around Valentine's Day here. You're saying standards, but I mean, is that such a high standard to celebrate love?
7: What I meant to say was that there should be serious listening to the church and then do the best you can living out the faith, even if that means living it in a way that may not be acceptable to everybody in the church.
5: The Boston Archdiocese declined to sit down with WBZ, but wrote a statement reading in part, the Archdiocese of Boston professes and believes the teachings of the church as instructed by Pope Francis. In the meantime, hopeful Catholics like Madeline will continue to cheer for the church she loves and wait for it to love her back.
6: It does cause pain. People will continue to feel left out and excluded. But in this moment now, it is our church.
1: There you go, ladies and gentlemen. If only the Catholic Church would, would, I don't know, change their stance on trans people. Again, I don't I don't see that they're prohibited from going to church, but whatever it is that they feel uncomfortable about, boy, membership would skyrocket, according to WBZ. What a joke. What a joke. Now, here's another one. Now we go to NBC. Network. And this is about uh, a one-person show of Hamlet, or Hamlet. There's no A, I don't think. Hamlet. (laughs) Um, And it's by this actor, actress, acting person named Izard, who is apparently, well, I'll let you watch and hear and see. Uh, And listen, here is cut 206. Here's the deal, so Izzard has no co-stars. This is a one-person production of the famous Shakespearean play. Izzard, who uses she, her pronouns, and came out as transgender in
7: 1985, told me that being gender fluid helps her portray so many roles, male and female, and it's a challenge she's relishing. To be 23 different characters, or not to be, that is the question, and Eddie Izzard's one-person show is the answer. I do believe
0: a number of people around the world, uh, and say particularly in New York, say, this is different, we'll
1: give you a chance. Izzard rose to fame as a comedian with quotable stand-up specials like the Emmy-winning Dress to Kill. (laughs) Do you have a flag? Now, Izzard, who uses she, her pronouns, is in the middle of doing Shakespeare's Hamlet all by herself. So we had to hear twice that, and it's not Izzard, excuse me, it's Izzard, uses she, her pronouns. Twice we heard that in that report. Wow, how exciting. Unbelievable. Uh, Did you hear that, um, again, going off the top of my head here, I don't have it in front of me, that The MS Society let a 90-year-old volunteer go, said goodbye to a 90-year-old woman volunteer because she didn't put on her application what her pronouns were? Folks? And then I think they took her back and apologized. What the hell's going on? Now, these reports are just a drop in the bucket. Just to drop she her pronouns she her pronouns okay who cares who cares I mean the attacks on Catholicism the attacks on Christianity the attacks on you know, you know white people in this country and and the promoting of trans and and whatnot and it's just this is bad I, again I have nothing against any people any any person they could be what they want they could do what they want you know within reason as long as they don't involve other people or harm other people but. To demonize people who say, well, I'm not going to be trans, or my religion's not going to change to say, oh, it's wonderful to be trans. I mean, that's just wrong. But that's the media. What else would you expect? All right. When we come back, folks, um, well, I'm not going to give it away. We got uh, more goodies, um, including um, a TV character that you might be very familiar with who is speaking out against her own political party, uh, her own political persuasion of liberal and liberals. You'll find out who it is when we come back. Steve Malzberg, right here on TNT. TNT's Abby Roberts. Climate change is having a disproportionate effect on the physical and mental health of black
4: communities. Black Americans are more likely than white Americans to live in areas and housing that increase their susceptibility to climate-related health issues. Dr.
5: Rachel Levine, now you may have have noticed something about Rachel. Uh, Rachel is in fact a bloke. (laughs) That is a bloke uh, in in a suit, talking about um, how black people are adversely affected by climate. What a load of absolute nonsense. Did you see in the background as well, that weird geometric shapes? that are kind of all over there's a weird blob and uh, she's that's the human uh it's called i think it's human health services is hhs.gov honestly it is beyond scary this stuff it's like marxism on steroids
0: abby roberts on tnt
4: not see it coming. It's pre-diabetes and it captures one in three adults. You may not even know you have it, but you can escape. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test to know where you stand. With early diagnosis, you can change the outcome and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. Be your own hero on smartphones everywhere at doihaveprediabetes.org
2: i want to
3: say this and i'm going to say it just once
4: this is today's news talk radio tnt all
1: right folks it's always uh refreshing when you hear an actor an actress someone in the spotlight unafraid to say what they think unafraid to stand up or sit down and say how they see it how they you know telling it like it is especially when that's a conservative because you run the risk of being blacklisted, of not getting parts, of being looked down upon, of being called all kinds of names, a threat to democracy, a Nazi, a Trump supporter, which is even worse than all I just said. So you know what I mean. But when you're a liberal, when you say you're, you, 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 you tend to, to, to trend to the left, and then you criticize what, what liberals are doing now, that's even like eight plus, 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 plus. So here's um, somebody if I if I say to you, if I say to you uh, the name, you might get it. You might not get it. Um, oh, we're not up to her yet. OK, well, you know what? Now we're going to get up to her. Now we're going to get up to her. I'm going to tell you we're going to skip. and Don't do it yet. But one will skip to one ninety eight, one ninety eight, one ninety nine and uh, two hundred. OK, but don't go yet so um my bad but um we have a great crew and uh they can handle my mistakes so if i say to you her name drea de Matteo, you might say who i don't know her well if you ever watched the sopranos this is the last way we saw her but not as drea de mateo as adriana of course and uh here she is in cut 198. why are you crying he's gonna be fine of uh adriana because uh she of course um the fbi forced her to turn and give information and then when it was found out they whacked her that's what they did on the sopranos okay well she was amazingly came back from the dead after that whacking 20 years later or so and she was on with megan kelly on megan kelly's uh, uh sirius xm uh show and um talking about and by the way her, 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 um, uh, her boyfriend on the show of course was called christopher michael imperiali the the, the actor was christopher um but uh, here she's talking about uh him and the liberals and everything here's cut 199.
8: with all of the conservatives out there in the last three years it was the only safe place to go and find some semblance of truth for me Um, I felt more aligned with a lot of, a lot of the things they were talking about. However, there are some social issues that I would still stick to that were my old school issues, but, but never condemning someone else for having a different opinion about something. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I couldn't understand that was happening during the Trump administration. And then it got worse, in my opinion, in the Biden administration. I think people, I, I really do think that the left is way more, um, just angry and this is supposed to be the hippies and the you know the people that really do care about equality and inclusivity and then all of a sudden they are the ones shutting everything down shutting everyone out condemning freedom of speech condemning everything
1: yep yep wow she she's a a liberal who saw what is going on around her she still has some of those, you know, social issues that she's clinging to, but she understands what the left is doing, what the left has become, what they're trying to do to anyone who disagrees, who dares to disagree. And that includes one of those trying to do it to people on the right, includes her on-screen boyfriend lover on the Sopranos. Um Michael Imperioli, who uh, made statements on Instagram saying in, in 2023, saying um, uh, he's forbidding bigots and homophobes from watching any of his works on The Sopranos or anything else. Um, how would you do that exactly, Michael? What are you going to have? a? You, you got a uh, 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 I don't know what. I can't even make it up. How would you do that? You got to have them put their uh, look into the camera when they go to YouTube, and the camera will be able to see homophobe, homophobe, bigot, bigot. Or just how about something as simple as check their voter registration? Trump supporter, (laughs) bigot. (laughs) So she was a little shocked at him and not too happy with him for things he was saying. And here it is in Cut 200.
8: So, yeah, when you mentioned Michael. He was condemning some stuff on his Instagram feed that I noticed, and um, like ivermectin. Mm. I thought that was I thought that was irresponsible. I never I never took a stand um, publicly about anything that I was doing until I had. Listen, I still don't. The more I learn about what's happening, the less I feel like I know. And I and I and I rely on people like you who do this for a living to really bring it to the people.
1: Yeah, pretty wild, huh? Pretty wild. You know, she's been whacked once for, uh, you know, for betraying uh, uh, Michael and uh, the people in the Soprano family. She better watch it. No, I'm kidding. But um, good to hear her say that good to hear say when I couldn't believe I mean I didn't know Michael Imperiali's political persuasion but when I when I saw what reported what he what he put on Instagram like what do you mean how are you going to prevent anybody from watching anything that everybody else could watch What, what are you talking about and again the left doesn't have to make sense it doesn't have to be real or true certainly they just spew their insanity okay now I want to get back to one more because I jumped the gun on uh, on Adriana and the Sopranos and felt it was too late to go back. And again, I thank, as always, the studio for bailing me out. Uh, we will go back in a second to two sixty eight, two sixty nine. Um, this is um, more of the um, more of bashing the right religious beliefs, et cetera. You know. Where do our rights come from? What what does the Declaration of Independence say? Okay? When you say that, that our rights come from God, the left can't take it. The left can't take it. Oh, well, God didn't pass legislation, and God didn't sign the bill, and God didn't... You know, I mean, lighten up, moron. We know he didn't write legislation, but he gave us morality. And that's what we try and should be, try to put and should be putting in our laws and the way we live and the way we function as a society. And saying that our rights come from God drives the left out of their stinking minds. They can't take it. Because anything with God in it, they can't take it. They have no use for it. So let's go to, um, <laughs> this is on um, MSNBC, and the fill-in host here on one of the shows has a guest, and it, it's uh, it, it's about, uh, about, People claiming that that rights our rights come from God, and who's the people claiming it? People on the right. Here's cut two
7: sixty-eight. On the other side, Heidi, you've got the new speaker, uh, Mike Johnson, who's not afraid to wear his Christianity on his sleeve, on his sleeve, his collar, his lapel, his head, wherever he can wear it. Um, how do members react to that? How are they responding to this real strong infusion of Christian nationalism? Into the body politic of the House.
6: I've talked with a lot of experts on this, and I've seen it myself with my reporting, Michael, which is that the base of the Republican Party has shifted, right? Remember when Trump ran in 2016, a lot of the mainline evangelicals wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with the divorced, uh, you know, real estate mogul who right. had cheated on his wife and with a porn star and all of that, right? So what happened was he was surrounded by this more extremist element you're going to hear words like christian nationalism like the new apostolic reformation these are groups that you should get very uh very schooled on because they have a lot of power in trump's circle
1: okay she's with uh she's with um politico and her name is heidi uh prisbyla okay uh so let's get the next one in here here's 269
6: And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, Mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The problem with that is that they are determining man, men, Mm -hmm. it is men, are determining what God is telling them. And in the past, that so-called natural law is, you know, it's a pillar of Catholicism, for for instance, it's been used for good in social justice campaigns. Martin Luther King evoked it in talking about civil rights, but now you have an extremist element of conservative Christians who say that this applies specifically to issues including abortion, gay marriage, and it's going much further than that, as you see, for instance, with the ruling in Alabama. This week, that judge is connected to that dominionist uh, faction Mm -hmm. in in talking about um, a lot of other issues, including surrogacy, IVF, uh, you know, sex education in schools, there's a lot in addition.
1: So when Martin Luther King jr and others used it for civil rights and whatnot it was okay but now she says now you got people claiming it and using it to you know against abortion and sex education in schools and whatever in other words whatever the left she and the rest of the left um favors and now they're going after it That now it's their fault. Now it doesn't apply that it came from God. Well, what a stupid thing to say that, you know, Mike Johnson says our laws come from God, but, you know, it's men who pass the law. Well, of course men pass the laws. You know what he means. You know what he's talking about. Anybody who says that, you know what he's talking about. What's a. Please. I, I, I think I made the point before we played the cuts. Okay. When we come back, Brett Baer, fox news went to um, ukraine and had a sit down with uh zelensky and we have a couple of uh, clips from that interview um and more when we come back steve Malsberg, one final segment left in the week right here on tnt with his expert
7: analysis and opinion this is tnt radio's timothy Shea. americans this week celebrated president's day or did we The answer, of course, is that we did not. We celebrated George Washington's birthday. And possibly, if you want to include Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, whose birthday, February 12th, was given up for Martin Luther King Day back in the 1980s. But we definitely did not celebrate Millard Fillmore and James Buchanan. We didn't celebrate Jimmy Carter or Bill Clinton. And we most definitely did not celebrate Barack Obama and Stumblebum Joe. Why does this matter? Am I just being picky, and pedantic? And we most definitely did not celebrate Barack Obama and Stumblebum Joe. Why does this matter? Am I just being picky, and pedantic? No, it matters because words matter. George Orwell wrote, The slovenliness of our language makes it easier for us to have foolish thoughts. Put more colorfully, Blurry words carry deplorable thinking the way that mosquitoes carry malaria. You should always question the dominant narrative, whether it's that Standard time, going into daylight savings time is an artifact from our agrarian past when in actuality farmers argued against it when the progressives put it in 110 years ago. That the Republican party and the Democrat party flipped after the 1960s when that's demonstrably false. And even that red is the Republican color and blue is the Democrat color when again, the opposite is true. In fact, the opposite is always true what the dominant narrative seems to be. So question the words or else you've lost the argument before it's even begun. From AgaInstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's news talk, TNT.
8: I'm Sandra, this is Jorge, and we were adopted in 2019. I remember when they first came to us, Michael was already a teenager. The whole cliche of they're so lucky to have you guys and it's the other way around. They have changed our family for the better. Right. they that chose means. to love us they didn't have to they chose us
6: family learn about adopting a teen from foster care you can't imagine the reward visit adoptuskids.org.
0: steve Malsburg on today's news talk radio
1: tnt hi folks welcome back um i don't have to remind you but i will anyway there's nobody that does what TNT uh, Radio does. We broadcast on video, we broadcast audio. We're 24/7. We have uh, hosts all over the globe bringing you, you know, their perspective, and and, and uh, it, it doesn't stop. It's 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 constant, and nobody else does that. Some claim to, they they really don't. And uh, you know, there's such misinformation out there in the media, and it's backed up by sponsors who sometimes have a uh, general interest in seeing that information or misinformation get out there. So what I'm asking you to do now is what I've been asking you to do uh, every night for the past couple of weeks. Uh, while uh, TNT uh, is, uh, is is talking to sponsors uh, that would uh, keep us going in the way that we want to keep going and need to keep going and should keep going, uh, we, we ask that you go to uh, tntradio.live and um, make a contribution, make a contribution, give whatever you can do, whatever you can give, and uh, make sure that, uh, that TNT continues in its, uh, in its, I won't say effort or quest because we're doing it, to be there like nobody else is, okay? TNTradio.live, and um, we really appreciate whatever, whatever you could give, and I thank you. All right, let's move on. Uh, Brett Baer sat down with Vladimir Zelensky, and um, here's the question to him from Baer. Here's cut 272.
4: President Trump suggested making the money a loan. You said uh, in Munich you'd like to invite President Trump to the front lines. If Trump, Mr.
0: Trump, if he will come, I, I'm ready even to go with him to the front line.
4: If he was here, like we are yeah what would you tell him but i think his eyes
0: first of all his eyes ears i can hear it (laughs) yes it will tell him what's going on first of all why i said please come I'm, i'm i'm happy to see all the candidates and all the people who are decision makers or can support not to be against just to understand what the war in ukraine means who opened this war, who began it, and what's going on, what's around, what brilliant Ukraine we had. We have beautiful country, but in the war, it's another picture, another lives. I suggest him just to come. I'm ready to go with him. Maybe he wants alone, without me. It doesn't matter for me. Come, see people, just to speak them on because the Because you don't
4: know how he's going to solve it in 24 or 48
0: hours. It, I, I can't understand how it can be.
1: Okay, uh, well, he doesn't understand how it can be when Trump says that he could solve this in 24, 48 hours. And Trump says, by having everybody sit down together in a room, him, Putin, and Zelensky, and working it out. And the reason he says he can't understand it is because later on, he basically uh, said to Brett Baer that um, there's not a lot of, of give in him. There's not a lot that he would accept um, uh, 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 as conditions from Putin to end it. Um, but you know what? Um, I think Trump can bring about uh, a settlement. And if Zelensky turns everything down that Trump says is fair and Putin wants and Trump says is fair, whatever, then you know what? Then the aid has to stop. The aid has to stop. But let's move on. On the issue of elections, as in the elections that Zelensky Cancelled. Here's a great question from Brett Bear, and here's the answer. Cut two seventy three.
4: You cancelled the presidential election. Cancelled. Cancelled the election. No, I didn't. For an emergency, because of the war.
0: No, no. That's what they say. What? Yeah. How do you respond? Okay, okay. First of all, uh, n- nobody cancelled any elections. During the war, the law said that you can't provide elections and that's it it is the war law it's not me it's not my new law it's the law of ukraine which was from the very very beginning so nobody canceled it
4: the critics would say that you by trying to hold on to power are not anxious to get to a negotiating table to end the war, because you want to keep power. First, well, I
0: I really didn't want to talk about politics, because, well, war is much more important than any election, so that's nonsense, because... Currently, I do have the largest support in Monday society. So if we'll have these elections right now, then people will elect me. So it's not that I'm, you know, trying to stay in power, you know, because I will win the elections if the elections would be held now.
1: I don't know if that's true. I have absolutely no idea. But bravo to Brett. He also said to him, my former colleague Tucker Carlson recently interviewed Vladimir Putin. Did you watch it? And I'm paraphrasing. But he said, "I don't have time to watch thirty-minute answers of bull." And he said the whole word, the S-word, uh, referring to uh, one of Putin's answers, which went on for about twenty-five minutes with Tucker Carlson. I, I, I mentioned that when we played some of that interview. Um, so anyway, that that was a that was a, a good question and a, and a slightly funny answer. All right. I don't know where it's going to lead. I want you to hear Donald Trump today in South Carolina because it was Donald Trump today in South Carolina. Tomorrow's the primaries. Talk about Nikki Haley. Cut 274.
4: Nikki Haley is relying on Democrats and liberals. You know, Democrats are financing her campaign. Crazy. It's called the crazy world of politics. No, the Democrats are... Financing her campaign, one of her biggest supporters is a radical left Democrat who made some money with the internet—a very uh, bad guy, actually. But he's a Democrat, and those are the ones putting up money because they damage us. The biggest supporters she's got right now are the Biden supporters, the Biden bundlers, the Biden cheaters. They're the ones that are doing it for Nikki. So. If you don't want the ultra-left to meddle in this primary, and I think they're going to try and end it, who the hell wants Democrats voting in a Republican primary? What is that about? What is that about? Don't worry. You're going to swamp them. You're going to swamp them.
1: Well, we shall see tomorrow. And here's one more cut, 275.
4: It's really important you get out and vote because we want to send a signal to the real the real hardline people, the people that are destroying our country, Joe Biden. We're going to send him a signal that we're coming. We're going to send him a big. So get out tomorrow. If you don't feel well, don't worry about it. Get up, get out. If your husband's not feeling good, darling, I'm just not. Just get him out of bed. Don't worry about. It. He'll be okay. <laughs> Get out and vote. Tomorrow we're going to win this state and then we're going to tell crooked Joe Biden, you're fired. Get out of here. You're fired. It's amazing. There is more spirit now than at any time anyone has ever seen in any campaign.
1: I don't know about that, but I know if Joe Biden had spoken there, he'd have about 15 people and he'd be falling down that's a difference. Folks, have a great rest of your weekend, whatever is left of your particular weekend. Uh, Be sure to join me Monday night, God willing, 9 p.m. Eastern. We'll do it all over again. Start a brand new week. South Carolina primary on the agenda. That's tomorrow. We'll talk about it. Tell your friends, tell your enemies. Watch and tune into and listen to Steve Malzberg right here on TNT.